It's a new day. Let's go. Hey there, wonderful people. Thank you so much for tuning into the Action Youth and Young Adults podcast. It is our prayer that the message you're about to hear will not only bless your hearts but change your lives for the better. So go on, grab your notebooks and your pens, your phones or your tablets, and take notes as the Holy Spirit drops keys into your spirit through his servant. Enjoy. First of all, let's give thanks to the Lord for the gift of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. The system that he's given us is a system. See, it's a system. And while you clap, let's thank God for the gift of our Father, Reverend Eddie Ejakumku for. You know, um, in the year 2000, when Reverend's dad was um, running for president, um, they used to write his name KUN4. <laughs> K4. Amazing. We are back from the retreat. Those who didn't go for the retreat, they Charlie, you've really done yourself. You've really, really done yourself. Hey! Wow, the number of things we learned at the retreat. We have very limited time this morning, so we'll be speeding. So please make sure you are paying rapt attention. And if you don't understand the English, wait. After church, you ask Eliona. Yesterday was her birthday, so her English is, I think it's a little, yes, it's improved. <laughs> I believe so. Um, Acts chapter 20, verse 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. One of the things that God has given us is his word. It's probably the greatest gift aside the Holy Spirit that he's given us. And the job of the word of God, according to this scripture, is to, first of all, build us up and to give us an inheritance 
there are a few ways you can tell if your life is under attack. You know, mostly people don't see the difference between an obstacle and an attack because they appear the same. What if the reason your school fees hasn't come yet is just an obstacle? You just need to find a way to do it. But also, what if the school fees have not come yet? It's an attack. Okay, you're going to school holds something which is directly linked to your destiny. So the devil has seen it and is attacking it. One of the clearest signs that your life is under attack is that your prayer life is down. That is one of the clearest signs. The, one of the easiest ways to know that there is something wrong with your life is that you can't pray. And another sign that you, your life is under attack is that you can't read your Bible. Or that whenever the word of God is about to come, something comes up. You get a call. A friend wants to chat. Somebody wants to tell you about somebody's shoe. You want to go and drink water. You want to go and urinate. You see, the reason the word of God comes is to build you up. Okay, where you are right now, there is more that you can get. And the quality of the life you are living is directly linked to the type of grace or graces that are working in your life. And so, the, the scripture says that I commend you to God and the word of his grace. So, I pray that as the word of God is coming, you will not be distracted. You will be focused. Let's speak in the language of the spirit for 20 seconds. Ask God to open up your spirit. Ask God to give you light, illumination. We hear the same word, but what we hear is different. Father, help us, teach us, open our eyes, open our ears. Teach us things that cannot be taught. Help us hear things that cannot be heard. Give us the spirit of revelation. Sarusa, batandu, sabala, bakati, rikusha, labasandu, manasi, katara, mikapa, lusa, badi, yakapa, dasa, badala, bashinde, kisunda, basunda, bras, katala, basumba, savris, modala, skapo, namasi, yatari, yata, masunda, fasula, bagafa, kudamba, sadia, talashide, sabandu, waha. Father, give us light, illumination, open our eyes, open our ears, open our spirit. Bruskatu lasandi sabala hasha sikunda lasaka padu sadia in the name of Jesus. Amen. Right. Developing the human spirit. Part two. We did part one on Wednesday and we'll be continuing on Wednesday. God willing. Um, I don't know if the fasting um, for the month of July will start on Wednesday. If it does, then we'll continue the Wednesday after that. But if not, we'll be continuing this Wednesday. Developing a Human Spirit, Part 2. So, what did we learn in a Part 1? Can I please get a spare microphone? Today, will be, will be, yes. Another microphone. We will not say who knows. I'll just mention your name. And I know those who came for Wednesday service. I mean, there are certain things you will never hear on a Sunday service. It's only Wednesday service you hear it because we'll make sure that it is so. Wednesday service is the service that we actually learn and break things down. So this one, we are going to just rush through. Wednesday, we'll, we'll deliver the juice. <laughs> so, um, let's start with Monday. 
Mandy seated over here, please. The lady in the red jacket. Mandy, what learnest thou on Wednesday? You said that life is very spiritual. Life is spiritual. We shouldn't be deceived. Yes. So we shouldn't be what? You said we shouldn't be deceived. We shouldn't be deceived. Amazing. Because life is spiritual. Makafu Isape was here. Next person on the list is Makafu Isape. Where is she? Where's Makafu? Yes, she's all the way over there. She's in a green shirt. Protocol uniform for today. Makafu, what, what, what do you think? Developing a human spirit. What did we discuss on Wednesday? Okay, so um, you said, oh, I learned. Mm-hmm. Life is spiritual. And living in it is also spiritual. Yes, that's exactly so what Mandy... Is that not what Mandy said just now? Please say <laughs> no, something no, else, no, I beg you. That's that's not what she said. Hey. She said something slightly. Something slightly different. I want you to say something very different from what she said. Not something amazing. Nanama, Yanko. Okay, so, um, like Mandy said. <laughs> wow. We learned, we learned about the fact that life is spiritual. Mm. And one thing you mentioned that really hit me was the story of Job. Mm. And the fact that, like, Job, there was a conversation going on between God and the devil in the spiritual realm, and Hmm. it it reflected in everything that happened to Job. So it looked like all of a sudden, everything was going wrong in his life. Mm. But even before that happened, there was a lot that had gone on in the spiritual realm. And then you also added that we should remember that we are first of all spirits. And, which live, and we live in bodies. And then in order for us to interact with our environment, we have the soul. Amazing. Wow. I think, I think this, this is a very exhaustive answer. This is a, like a, a last week on Ine. That's it. Yeah. Right. Hmm. So let's continue. As we go, please, we'll ask questions because there are some of the things that I think we've discussed and you should know. Like the story that she just referenced, the story of Job. One of the things that you notice about the story of Job is that God didn't cause what happened. And the reason why Job experienced what he experienced is because there was a breach in his defense. Because the Bible says the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Which means when God gives you something, he never takes it back. So God didn't send all the things that happened to Job to Job. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. And when you read Job 3, I think verse 25, you find out the source of the breach, the breach that was inside his wall. Job 3, 25, what does he say? Is there a scripture like that? Oh, I'm imagining things. Yes, for the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. I can, all the while that Job was around, and all the while he was living and sacrificing and doing all those things, you know, he was afraid. What do we learn here? Fear is a major door that the enemy uses to assess your life. Major door. You know, the devil had tried attacking Job before. And God had stopped him. Why? Because God had built a wall of fire around him. And the devil attested to it. Do you remember? When um, God said, oh, Charlie, feel free. I mean, attack him. And the devil said, ah, but you have made a hedge of fire around him. How can I attack him? Then God said, God, you, notice what God said. He didn't say, I'm taking off the hedge. He said, 
he's all yours. Do whatever you like, but don't kill him. Meaning, what, is, what was left now was what Job had. So the devil looked for that loophole and he found it. Fear. So, don't entertain. You see, the Bible says, give no place to the devil. Do, have you seen that scripture before? And Jesus also said, the prince of this world comes and he has nothing in me. There's nothing in me that he can use. And there are things that if you don't allow the word of God to deal with right now, you can become an international superstar if you want. It will catch up with you. It will catch up with you. Don't entertain little lies, little admiration of bottles and breasts. Don't allow it. Like you like a certain type of look. There are certain things that are very unnecessary. If you don't do it or if you don't like it, you won't die. But one of the things I've noticed recently is that when we say youth, including youth church, many people begin to relate it to hipness, I mean, boomu, boomu, and all sorts of things. But that's not what a, that's not what youth is about, or a youth church. That's not what it's about at all. Like a certain type of dressing and a certain way of talking, that's not what a youth church is for. And that is not what youth is for. When we say you like Proverbs 20 verse 29 talks about what is the excellency of youth. Like when we say somebody is young. Proverbs 20, 29. Are we there? Yes. The glory of youth is your strength. So the only difference between a young man and an old man is that a young man has more power. So when you come to a youth church, when we are dancing, we dance with energy and vigor. You know, it is very understandable when you go to the old church and they are, they are, they are singing. You know, when we're doing the midnight dance, it got to a point, my dance moves finished. So I had to employ some old Pentecostal dance moves. And it's dancing. Charlie, my, all my moves finish. All my moves finish. You know, or, or they'll do like, they'll just add this to it. And that's, that's the whole dance. That's the whole dance. But in a youth church, when you come and you find something like that, say, ah, there's something wrong. Because we, dear, eh, I mean, Charlie, we are into the thing. So, when you have the time and you have the opportunity like you do now, don't spare it all. Make sure you are into the word because a time will come, John 9, 4, I will work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Why? Because a time is coming, you can't work again. Night will come. You will get, see, you will get married if you want to. Because some people I heard during the week do not want to get married. It's amazing. All the best to you. I will want to get married later on when I grow. Maybe after my 19th birthday, we'll talk about it. But, but, you see, when you get married, you can't have the time like you do now. It's not that you don't want to have the time. You won't. You are not allowed to have the time. Yesterday, I was telling somebody that being a bad girlfriend and being a Christian is not compatible. Don't let your boyfriend say things about you in the name of, I'm going to church. or I'm, don't, This is how it starts. Then you leave your husband at home and not cook in the name of you are going for Wednesday service. They don't, we don't do that. No, 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 no. Being a Christian is not an excuse to be an idiot. There are two different things. Like you are home, you won't, you won't work, 
you won't sweep, you won't clean, you won't do anything, then you get up and come to church. You must be joking. What you have to, in fact, your being a Christian should make you want to do those things. Do you understand what I'm saying? So a time is coming when naturally you can't do many things. So while you have the time now, you, you don't have a husband, you don't have children, um, you don't have um, what, what don't you have? You don't have in-law responsibilities. Because having in-laws is a full-time job. You need, you need strength and energy. It's a special prayer you need to pray. Grace. You need grace to deal with in-laws. You know. Before all that, you should, you should have been built up, you see, to a point where you can easily draw from that and then you use it. Amazing. Let's start. We've not started though. Now we are starting. History of the, the spirit of man. So, developing the human spirit, part two. Right. Before we can talk about the human spirit, we need to talk about the origins of it. Yes, all the time. I know you've heard it before, but listen carefully because there may be something you may not have heard before. Let's start from Genesis 1.26. So, God is a spirit. God is a spirit. And so, in Genesis 1.26, the Bible says, God said, let us make man in our own image. So, this is more than one person having a meeting here. I mean, if you come into a room and you see I alone, and I'm saying, let us go and eat wache, you see that some wire has torn in my head because I'm alone. It's either my English is not good, or I'm talking to people you cannot see. If it is the second one, then, I mean, pan time, people have to be called. We have to analyze things. Right? So, God saying, let us make man means that there was more than one person in a meeting. Right? And the word God is the word Elohim. is the plural for God. So, first of all, we can see that God is a unit. God is a community. Right? After our likeness, in our image, first of all, and after our likeness. So, you say you are making something in something's image. What does it mean? It means you are modeling the thing after how it looks like. You see, so like a glove or a glove, depending on the school you attended. A, a glove or a glove is modeled or is made after the image of a hand. If you see a glove or a glove, that is six fingers. You see that it's modeled after another thing. The image is different now. Why is it made like that? It's made like that so that when you fit your hand into it, all the five fingers will be, will be captured. You see, they'll be situated. Ish, the broth, no. It will be situated inside the fingers of the thing. And you can see that all the fingers are not the same. So the thumb is short. The little finger is short. The middle finger is quite long. The ring finger is, okay, almost about the same height as the index. So the glove must capture all these details. Other than that, it, no, it will not be efficient. So when we say we are made in the image of God, it means that how God is, if God should step into the mold that he's made, he will fit. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. Image and likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fall of the air, and over the cattle. This is the first account of creation we have. So the first time you see man appearing, and the word man over there is the word odom. <laughs> that word is from the root word odoma, which means red soil. So the word man over here is just talking about the color. Red, that's all. But not today. Today we don't have time. Let's move. Genesis 2.5. Genesis 2.5. So 
This is man had, that has been created already. So man is existent right now. As what, as that way God is. How is God? He's a spirit. Now one thing you should know about spirit is that spirit only communicates and can touch other spirits. A spirit can only touch another spirit. Spirits dwell in a realm with different dimensions. This world we live in is a three-dimensional world. The realm in which spirits live, it's a, a realm of infinite dimensions. There are no dimensions in the spirit. And so, only spirits can interact with other spirits. So, man existed first as a spirit. Right. Now, why was man made? Why was man made? This is it. And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was no man to till the ground. Why was man made? Oh, man was made to worship God. Why was man made? Oh, man was made to have dominion. And then look at it. Look at it. There was no man to till the ground. So the reason God made man was for management. Management. That's all. Because God had made something which was a certain type of thing. It had a certain nature. The earth had a certain nature. The earth was natural, physical, three-dimensional. But God had made man already. And God needed someone or something that could represent him on the earth and manage the earth for him. So, God decided in... Okay, so verse 6. Verse 6. Move to verse 6. There went up a mist from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. Verse 7. So, God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed life into his nostrils and man became a living soul. So, man that existed already as a spirit needed to be introduced on earth to manage what God has made. So, you see, your primary responsibility is stewardship, caretaking, management. The boyfriend that God has given you Provided he gave it to you. Because other entities can give you boyfriends. And you now you can tell by the suffering you go through day in day out. It's for you to manage. To take care of the person. One day when you have children. You will see that the only thing God is looking for from you. Is to be a caretaker. That's all. And in a realm of the spirit. The one who makes a thing or the one who owns a thing, is the one who sustains it. That is the reason why it is very important for you to give your life to Christ indeed. Because if you own your own life, you sustain your thing. Nobody will help you. But the moment you say, I've handed my life over to God, it's now for you, oh God. Now God has the responsibility of sustaining you. And you know God, endless riches, you will never be broke. I say you will never be broke. Amazing. So man has become a living soul. So God added a layer, one additional layer. Follow me. God added an additional layer which was made of earth and introduced the spirit into that thing to trap the spirit. Why? So that the spirit will animate the body and the body has the ability to interface with its environment or to have meaningful interaction with its environment. Like Nanama said, 
when man became a living soul, man obtained three things, a will, an intellect, and emotions, so that it can have meaningful interaction with its environment. Have, have you followed so far? Or you are lost? So, the spirit of man was intended to be an extension of God on this earth. So that God doesn't need to come down to do things himself. And in all of creation, man is the only being that has the ability to communicate both with the spiritual and the physical. Man is the only one. Your dog at home cannot do that. The reason why dogs are able to sort of sense spiritual activity is that, you know, the hearing range of man is limited. We can't hear below a certain frequency and we can't hear above a certain frequency. For dogs, this is different. So when spirits are moving and they are moving at an, a humanly inaudible frequency, the dogs can hear it. And they don't know how to express themselves with so the ears back. But they can never have any kind of meaningful interaction with spirits. Only you have that kind of ability. Fishes don't have the ability. Only human beings do. So, this is the first part of the history of your human spirit, part two. The second thing we need to discuss is the fall of man. So, if God did this and it was okay, man was able to function. How come we are the way we are? Well, because we fell in the garden. There were two trees in the garden. One was the tree of life, the other was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. These two trees were to um, help man to decide how man wants to grow and live his life. If you choose the tree of life, then your spirit becomes the ultimate controlling factor of your life. But if you choose the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, your soul, which is your will, intellect, and emotion, becomes the ultimate controlling factor of your life. And in Adam's wisdom and his wife Eve, they decided that the soul is the way to go. So they chose the soul. That's why we are all like this. What happened? What happened after that is that the soul, in collaboration with the body, became the main controlling factor of your life. So most of the decisions that are taken by the unsaved man comes from the soul. I feel, I think, I want your emotions your intellect, your will. That's how natural men live. There is no spiritual dimension to it. So, Romans chapter 8 verse 5 says that those who are carnal or those who are earthly mind things that are earthly. And those who are spiritual mind spiritual things. Right? What does this mean? A natural man is identified by his disposition. Why we know you are carnal is that you're, you're, you are preoccupied with things that are here, down here. How we know you are spiritual is that you are aware that there's something more than what we see, what we feel, and what we think. Do you understand what, what's going on here? Hmm. Don't get lost. Follow me. So when this thing happened, when the soul and the body became the main controlling factor of human beings, God decided that he will rectify the situation. 
And so what God did was to send Jesus to come and die. What did Jesus do? Jesus reconciled us back to God. He decided that he would give man the opportunity again to choose his spirit as the main deciding factor of his life. So Romans chapter 8 verse 10 says that we were once enemies of God and Jesus died so that we'll be reconciled with him. And Colossians 1.27 makes us understand where, which realm was this enmity. So Colossians 1.27 says, there was a time where you were enemies of God in your mind. The realm of the enmity was in your mind. God sent Jesus to come and correct this thing. And Jesus had to do this systematically using legal procedures. So, salvation is in three levels, alright? What Jesus did on the cross means that we are saved. But it didn't end there. You know, one of the things I, I learned while I was studying for this one, I was really shocked, is that the John 3.16 we've been saying, you know, it wasn't rendered properly in the English. <laughs> for God, what was John 3.16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And only as that whosoever believes, so that's where the problem is. The original Greek says that whosoever keeps believing on him, the one who continues in the belief, is the one who have eternal life or everlasting life. And again, there's a difference between eternal life and everlasting life. Say, you don't know that one too. Amazing. Okay. Eternal life is qualitative. Everlasting life is quantitative. So eternal life is a quality of life that you live. John 17 verse 3. This is eternal life, knowing you the one true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Yes. That is eternal life. First John chapter 5, verse 11. We, we bear record that the Father has given us eternal life and this eternal life is in his Son. Verse 12. So whoever has a Son has life. Whosoever does not have the Son does not have life. Verse 13. These things I have written unto you so that you will know and be aware that you have eternal life. Eternal life is a certain type of life. It's a certain way of life. It's called zoe. It's a quality of life. Everlasting life is what we will get later on when we put on immortality. Do you understand what is going on here? Right. So this is what Jesus came to do. Now the mystery of salvation allowed another thing to happen. Right? Right? 1 Corinthians 6 verse 17. This is where the big gun is. If somebody is trying to doze beside you, wake the person because you can't miss this one. 1 Corinthians 6 17. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So when you were saved, the thing that was saved was your spirit. Why? Because the thing that originally made you what you came from. Because remember when we, we started, we said that man is a spirit. The body was a container that was meant to trap the spirit so that we can have meaningful interaction with the earth, right? Because of the law of territory. And we've discussed it here. Sir. But one thing that happened is that 
when God regenerated your spirit by making you born again or birthing you again, what happened is that your spirit and his spirit became one. And the word that is translated joined over there is the word kolaho. I mean, maybe you can add this to the title kolaho. This word kolaho, you have to write it down. Kolaho means to be glued, to be joined, right? This is the same word you see in Luke chapter 10 verse 11. That if any dust of the city cleaves to your leg, you, you have to shake it off. It's a word kolaho or Luke 15, 15. When the, um, Nine, the prodigal son, the Bible says he went to join himself to a citizen of the country. He went to kolaho himself to a citizen of the country. It's the same word you see in um, Ephesians 5.30. Which says, for this cause, a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be kolaho to his wife. What is kolaho? You know Fanta. Fanta. And you know Coke. You see, Fanta is Fanta. And Coke is Coke. So when you get a bottle of Fanta, you get a bottle of Coke. And you pour the two together into a cup. What, what drink do you have? It's what? It's Kolaho. Kolaho. That's what I'm trying to say. That is the Kolaho I'm trying to say. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now separating the Fanta and the Coke is very difficult. So, when you get saved, your spirit and God's spirit become like that. And now, it's because of this kolaho that we use the metaphor of the bride for the church. We said that the church is the bride of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. Why? Because, you see, when we, you see the way the mixture of the fountain cookies, you can't separate it. So, we are saying that to mean that the church is going to be joined in union with Christ in a way that they can't be separated anymore. That's the meaning of the church is the bride of Christ, or you know, that that's what it means, right? Now, this may not mean much to you that when you are born again, your spirit is one with the Lord. It may not mean a lot to you until you see First Corinthians two eleven. Then you see that you are getting pumped up. First Corinthians two eleven. For what man knows the things that are in man, save the spirit. That is in man. Eh? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God. Let's break it down. So you, over there, you don't know anything about yourself. All your records are owned, stored, operated, and um, curated by your spirit. There are markers on your spirit that indicates your tensile strength, your stress limit, all of it. Your spirit is the one with that information. Look at it. Even the things that are in God, right? The one with the kind of knowledge of the things that is in God is the Holy Spirit. Verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we may know the things which are given freely to us of God. Verse 14. Jump to verse 14. Verse 14. But the natural man receives not the things of the spirit of God. So what does this mean? Hmm. I hope you know Psalm 103 verse 13. It says, He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Have you seen that scripture before? Psalm 103 verse 13. Verse 14. Verse 14. Move to verse 14. Right. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. What does this mean? 
It means that because God is the one who made us, he knows what you can take and he knows what you cannot take. This is the information he uses to check what temptation should come to you and what temptation should not come to you. Because he has said that um, no temptation has overtaken you except that which is such as which is common to man. But God is faithful. He will not allow that you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But also with every temptation, he provides a door of escape so that you can be able to bear it. What scripture is that? Monday. All right, Monday. Let's keep moving. So when the Bible says you are joined to God and the two of you are one spirit, it means that as you are now, as you are now, your spirit is mingled with the spirit of God and the ability of the spirit of God, which is to know what is inside God, has now become your ability. Do you understand what is going on here? Such that when you do anything on the earth, it is as if God is the one doing it. So, anything that God can do, you can do. Now, the scripture that says, as he is, so are we in this world. You see, now it makes sense. As he is, everything that God can do, so you can go and touch a guy whose hand is like this. And if God touched that guy, what would you expect to happen? The guy will be healed. So now you, when you are aware of this thing, and you operate in this realm, that becomes your reality. Anything that cannot happen to Jesus, anything that cannot happen to God, cannot happen to you. Look, the guy who created man, in um, Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, it says, and the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the earth. That word is the word Jehovah, Jehovah Elohim. Jehovah Elohim is the identity of the pre-incarnate Christ. And we can see this in Colossians 1.16. The Bible gives us the CV of Jesus Christ. And it says, for all things were created by him. Things in heaven, things in earth, invisible, visible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, powers. All things were made by him and for him. Verse 17, for him, were, by him were all things made and by him do all things consist. So, Jesus is the guy who owns everything. Right? And his spirit, his spirit, that he made all these things by, is mingled with yours. So, the moment you are able to develop your human spirit, to activate that dimension of yourself, you see that you are like a walking miracle. These are the things that people like John G. Lake knew. That there was a pandemic some time ago in Spokane, Washington. And that pandemic is like coronavirus. It was transferred through bodily fluids. One day, John G. Lake went. I mean, John G. Lake was not observing any of the protocols. And the authorities were very angry at him. So one day, they called him and said, Papa, we all know you are into God and all these kinds of things. But please, please, don't lead the people in a way we don't like. What authority do you have to not be observing protocols. He said, come, follow me. So he took the officials to a lab, right? And he said, get me a, a microscope. They brought him a microscope. And he said, get me bodily fluid of any of the sick people and put it in my palm. They were like, hey, no, that one there, you've gone too far. He said, oh, no, no, do it. So they put it there and they were all wearing those protective gears. They put the thing in his arm and they said, look at it under the microscope. When they looked at it, the, the virus was dying. The bacteria was dying in his hand. 
And he said, look, don't tell me nonsense. I don't have the kind of life that you have. I have a different kind of life. And you see, this is what I'm trying to tell you. That the moment you become aware that your human spirit is mingled with the spirit of God and that developing it means that you are going to be tapping into some kind of potential. Look, we were all at the camp and we read that the moment Jesus stepped into the boat, the boat and everything in it disappeared and appeared on dry land. Oh, you don't believe it. Who was at the camp? What scripture is John what? John what? Hey, Reverend Abokao. John what? You there, give me the chapter. Chapter what? I'll give you a clue. The chapter that Jesus was walking on the water. When I left, what will be? John what? Six verse what? Six verse what? And your young queen. So, what I'm trying to explain to you is that Jesus could teleport. Six what? Six twenty-one. Hey, how many minutes did it take you? Okay. John 6, 21. And they willingly received who? Jesus. Into the ship. And immediately. Can you give us NLT? NLT or one of these very fancy modern English versions. They were eager to let him. And immediately. Immediately Jesus stepped. The thing reached where they were going. <laughs> so you... Share. You see, the problem you have is that you are too proud. You think you know the story of Jesus. That's your problem. So instead of you to take your time to read the thing and be noticing things, you'll be jumping things. And when you see anything, you don't even question to say, hey, Charlie, you know, Jesus, you know, yesterday I was explaining to somebody on the phone, when you see Christ Jesus and Jesus Christ, they are not the same. They are not the same. Christ Jesus and Jesus Christ. So who share my name? And when you see Christ alone too, it's not the same as like um, what you just read, John 17 verse 3. He says, knowing Jesus Christ, that's eternal life. Whenever you see Jesus Christ, the emphasis there is on the person because Jesus is the man and the office is Christ, right? So Christ is the office where all the graces come from. That's the administrative center of all the graces. Jesus is the person who occupies that office. So when the Bible says Jesus Christ, he's drawing your attention to the man when the Bible says Christ Jesus, like Romans 8 verse 1, for there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That one is emphasizing the office, not the man, the office. So there's, that one is a location. It's not, it's not, we are not talking about a human being anymore. So the Bible says that if any man be in Christ, not anyone be in Jesus. Do you understand the whole operation now? But when you read it, you will not... Ask that ah, why I didn't think that the Christ is coming before Jesus and over here, even Philippians 2, verse 1, it says that um, if you know Christ, Christ, it just says Christ, there's no other thing, it doesn't add any other thing to it. But you won't ask questions. So you see that John 6 14 is John 6 21. Is it 21 or 14? John 6 21 is shocking you. You haven't seen it before. So, how do you develop your human spirit? Let's run quickly. The rest, I'll share it with you on Wednesday. If you won't come for Wednesday service, now you, Sabi. How do you train your human spirit? Or maybe I think we should even end here. So that we'll continue on Wednesday. Please be on your feet. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. 
God bless you for tuning in to today's message. We hope that you have been filled with a fire that fuels your week and a word that erases your doubts and improves your Christian walk with God. We love you so much and we are always here to support. So if you'd like to connect with us, you can do so by following us on Instagram and on Facebook with the handle at Action Young Adults. We would be very excited to have you join our amazing family. Until next time, we are Aya. We love to have you and it's always a new day with us. God bless you.